Hey, what's going on? It's Darius Farouk, and you're listening to a new episode of Practicing Stoicism. And on this episode, we have something different, because until now, I basically read a Epictetus quote or Marcus Aurelius quote and gave my interpretation on it. But on today's episode, I invited a guest. His name is Jonas Salzgeber, and I got to know him uh, online because he also writes about Stoicism. And he recently published a book called The Little Book of Stoicism. It's, uh, it became a bestseller on Amazon, and it's currently number one in, I think, philosophy or something like that. Um, but I read the book, and I really like how he took some of the concepts, the ancient concepts, and turned them into modern-day directives. And Jonas and I talk about the Stoic principles. We talk about how he wrote the book, why he wrote the book. And what I really like is that Jonas initially started out as a reader, right? Uh, like all of us, uh, most of us, if we want to start something online or if we want to write a book or create something, we start as a consumer, and Jonas made the step into a creator. And that's why I also wanted to have him on the podcast. It shows that you don't have to be a well-known name or an established name or have a big book deal or whatever to write a bestseller. And uh, we talk about those things as well. And I really think it's a great episode for everybody to listen to who also wants to become a creator because, you know, you don't have to have specific degrees or credentials or whatever. You can start who, who you are, where you are, doesn't really matter. And uh, on this episode, we really wanted to show that as well. So I really enjoy having a, a conversation with somebody who is a listener and a reader. Uh, and, and I really wanted to show to you as well that, look, you can also create whatever you want to do. So that's what this episode is all about. Uh, I hope you will enjoy it, and I hope you'll find some new inspiration to apply the Stoic principles in your life. So let's go. Can you tell me about how you got the idea to write a book about Stoicism? Sure. So, I mean, uh, it all started with uh, reading Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way. That's uh, what introduced me to Stoic philosophy and uh, I mean, the book isn't really about Stoicism. It's just uh, based on one simple idea by Marcus Aurelius, you know, the, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And after reading the book, I thought, yeah, I really like Stoicism, but I, I didn't really know anything about it. So I decided to dive deeper into this uh, uh, philosophy and... Uh, I read a couple of books on the topic. I mean, I I read ancient texts, you know, by the Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, then the text by Epictetus, you know, uh, the Enchiridion and the Discourses, and also the letters from Seneca. And I read, um, you know, modern texts, you know, Donald Robertson, Stoicism and the Art of Happiness, Will Irvine, uh, a Guide to the Good Life, Massimo Piliucci's How to Be a Stoic, and uh, many more books. And I, I was really intrigued by this philosophy, and it really helped me in, in my personal life, you know, dealing with uh, tough situations. And because uh, life isn't always easy, and and I mean, even if people don't really share their uh, dark moments so freely, uh, I think we all experience, you know, tough times and it's not always easy to, to deal with whatever life throws at us. And <clears throat> I realized that I still didn't know much about Stoic philosophy when I tried to explain it to friends because, yeah, I was fascinated, so I, I wanted to talk about it. But when friends asked me, so what's it all about, or can you explain it in simple terms? I, I really struggled mm. because there's so many great ideas, but to give a, a simple overview, I thought that's that's really tough because, I mean, at least the ancient texts, you know, they they weren't you know 
textbooks, they were just, you know, Marcus Aurelius wrote to himself. So it's just basically a journal. Epictetus didn't write anything down. He just taught classes. Yeah. And Seneca wrote letters to his friends. But there you just find, uh, you know, good ideas and, and thoughts. Uh, but you still, you don't have an overview of this philosophy. And even the modern books, I mean, Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way, it's it's great ideas in there, but it doesn't teach you much about Stoic philosophy, actually. Ah, okay, uh, so you were so you you were reading these uh, books that were very practical and uh, teaching you how to deal with obstacles and challenges in daily life, but you wanted to learn more about the philosophy itself and where it came from, right? Exactly where it came from and, and how to, mm. to you know explain it in, in, in simpler terms. Mm. So that's when I started writing articles and you know people or readers really enjoyed you know my breakdown and so I dove deeper into it and at some point it was actually my brother who urged me into writing a book and <laughs> so I okay. I kind of sat down and, and thought about it and thought about what readers would find helpful, you know, and what I would have uh, found helpful when I started out reading on Stoic philosophy. Yeah. So I came to the conclusion that <clears throat> there's a book missing on the market, just, uh, you know, the book that explains this philosophy uh, in simple terms and it tells you what to do with the philosophy and, and how to live its principles. Mm. So, I, uh, I mean, it was a long process and yeah. But the interesting thing is uh, that as you were reading all these, uh, these books about stoicism, etc., a lot of people, uh, when they are curious about something uh, or they want to share or learn more about it, um, you know, I have a lot of, entrepreneurs, bloggers, and people like yourself listening. And often um, when you see there's already a lot of stuff available on a certain topic, a lot of us think that, oh, wow, there's already a lot of books available. So why should I write another book? Did you think that to yourself as well? And how did you overcome that? If yeah, that sure. I mean, that's, yeah, that, no, that was, that was, that was the case, definitely, and it's it's still the case <laughs> today. Sometimes. <laughs> well, your your book is doing pretty well. So uh, on Amazon, I noticed uh, it's a bestseller in motivational growth and spirituality. So uh, congrats on that. That's the that's uh, Thank must you. be good to see, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Yeah. I'm really glad, you know, that the book has been perceived very well and the feedback we're getting every day is it's just uh, mind-blowing right and i mean i maybe i i dreamed about this but uh, i mean you you've written books yourself i mean when you write you you don't really know whether or how it's going to be perceived whether people are going to like it mm -hmm. you just know or i knew i mean I knew it's it's uh, the quality is it's con is uh, the content is good quality and that's that's what I knew but uh, I was of course not sure about the structure and I wasn't sure what people are actually gonna buy it and enjoy reading it and I mean that's all in the process of writing you know that's um, I mean you wrote the book uh, it's I. You know, the fight between your ears or something. Yeah, and when you're in our really, battles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, when you write the book or or even if you just do some creative work or it doesn't really matter what you do. There's always something within yourself that's telling you it's not good enough or that's holding you back. Yeah. And I really experienced this uh, strongly and mm. I called it... Uh, my inner resistance monster because <laughs> you know even if you line out your book and think this is good something inside you is just uh, pulling you back and t telling you 
your structure sucks and nobody's going to read your book and you know it's 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 you the most who hold you back you know it's yeah. something inside you yeah exactly uh, and at the same time we have to keep reminding ourselves that um, just because there's a lot of other uh, stuff available that that's not a reason because if that was the case nobody would ever start a new business or never buddy no one would ever write a new book or create a new song or whatever it is because uh, you can think of every nothing is new in the world that's how i look at it right especially because i you know when i learned about stoicism and uh when i started reading about it as well is that one of the recurring themes is that uh everything has been done before and 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 people if you think that your problems are that unique or you know that that uh special to you think again right because uh, every everything has been uh has happened before to other people in the past right that, that that's some that's one of the things that always uh, stuck with me from stoicism i think marcus aurelius wrote, wrote about that as well uh, is is that something that uh resonated with you as well especially in in the process of writing this book or maybe some other things that that you found helpful to get over this inner resistance Mar i think it's marcus aurelius who, who says something like you you should zoom out you know to to take the bird's eye view so you see yourself from far above and suddenly all your problems and yeah what's holding you back seems very small and almost ridiculous you know that you're worrying about it because the world from above i mean there's thousands of people with same problems and i mean it's not unique as you said and it's it's been here so many times and so many people have lived similar lives and through similar struggles or even worse you know so yeah this resonated with me immensely so and so yeah your other question i mean what helped me to go through or fight through my inner resistance was um stephen pressfield's book the war of art because he really talks about this inner resistance a lot so you you learn that yeah this is not unique i mean this is something most read or most writers or creative workers experience. And when you think about how many books have been published or songs have written and businesses created, they all had this, this resistance, not all, you know, exactly in the same way. I mean, I don't know, maybe some people get, have more in resistance than others because they have a bigger fear or I don't know, but mm. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's not unique. And so this book really helped me, Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, that you need to fight through this battle and it, there's no way around it. Basically you just, it's normal. There's something holding you back and it doesn't really matter. It that's just there. And it's this inner voice or something, mm. but, I mean, you need to fight through it. Yeah, that, and there's a yeah. sorry. sorry, but there's a great quote by Viktor Frankl, who said, "What is to give light must endure burning," and this really resonates with me because if you are going through tough times, and at the same time you know, all right, there will be light, or there's light at the end of the tunnel, or if this book, sh yeah, I mean, if it's going to see the day of light and if it's, it should be good, then you, it, you need to go through, you know, tough times. That's normal. Yeah, that's why I really like uh, this philosophy is that you have to go through it. And there's no, like you said, there's no other way around it. And um, I think our natural tendency is to uh to run away or to hide or to avoid challenges and problems that we all face right um, yeah. but uh, as as you uh, get 
stronger mentally, then you yeah. find find the courage to uh, deal with these challenges that we face head on. So, what are you think uh, the biggest challenges that stoicism can help? And, and just looking at in daily life, right? What are some of the biggest uh, problems that most of us face in 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 you know modern modern life? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think um, many people, myself included, we we complain about situations. Mm. And I mean, this one of the core principles of stoicism is that you should focus on what you control and basically accept the rest as it happens. So we, uh, I think this quote uh, by Epictetus that we should, um, it's a uh, Something like this, seek not for events to happen as you wish, but rather wish for events to happen as they do, and then your life will go smoothly. So we, I think this helped me a lot because you don't fight with what happens because you basically tell yourself, this is happening for me. So I'm going to be, I don't know, successful or I'm going to be a stronger person. Now I have to go through this challenge. And there's no sense in, you know, lamenting uh, with reality or fighting with reality because it already is, right? You cannot change what already is. Mm. But you you must accept it at first and see where you can change it. So that's one thing that helps me, you know, just focus on the process. I mean, that's what I do in sports. It, it's called uh, process focus. So you focus on what you control on maybe on your training or practice. And the outcome, you, you kind of take it as it comes because you can only influence it, but you can't control it. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing to just take reality as it is and try to make the best with it and that's basically with every situation that happens to you it gives you a lot of power because you can always you know try to make the, the best with the, the given circumstances mm. and, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, what i wanted to say is that um that's why i really like it in in your book you focus on uh, practicing uh, all the you you share uh, 55 practices and yes. uh what th that's why i think you you've done a really good job in uh showing that stoicism is not only about or any philosophy that you want to adopt for your life it's not only about understanding the principles and knowing <laughs> where it comes from and all those things because i think a lot of people can do that, right? Everybody can read a book or yes. maybe even read 10 books about philosophy or whatever, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, doesn't matter what it is. But what what is truly important at the end of the day is how well we put these things into practice. And what I learned is that it takes a really long time to uh, get good at this stuff because as you go through life you come you come across new challenges and it's always difficult to uh, uh do the things that you want to want to do right because that's what at the end of the day what it comes down to is uh, being the person that you set out to be uh, but what i like i can't remember where i read this re uh, this was recently uh i think it was um epictetus or some of one of those guys uh oh no 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 seneca seneca was like um in in one of the letters i think uh he he talked about complainers or or critics critics mm -hmm. who would uh, tell him well you're not applying half of the stuff that you talk about and write about right <laughs> and this is something that you i i often hear i don't know how about you but uh, when you meet skeptics, they're like, yeah, sure. I can't believe that you are 
applying all the stuff that you talk and write about. I don't know, have you heard of this? For like maybe skeptical friends or family members or people you know? Hmm, yeah. Well, any, <laughs> anyway, it, what Seneca said, because a lot of people say this, right? You'll see it on the internet as well. Yeah. He, he says, look, it doesn't matter whether I actually do these things or not. What matters is my intention. My intention is to live up to everything that I write about and that I aspire to do. At the end of the day, I'm also a human being. I mess up, but I always try to do the best thing. And that's what I really like about Stoicism um, and about practicing. What's your experience on on, on practice and how... <laughs> uh, I, how far are you with this? Because I look at it as a process, right? Like uh, when you begin, everything is new and you, you get uh, excited about it. But uh, after a while, you might forget some other things. So how do you keep uh, keep practicing yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I guess that's the most important part, right? To put the things in, in practice. And that's what people struggle with the most. I mean, we keep on reading and reading and we learn, you know, new ideas, but we, we fail to put those things in practice. And at the end of the day, we are not any further than we were before, you know, acquiring this new wisdom. And <laughs> I just wrote about it today in, in an email that, you know, when, when I wrote the book, uh, I wrote that the, the Stoics were warrior philosophers. So they, they were really about putting the things into practice because there's no sense in just, uh, you know, learning and learning and not really applying the wisdom. So, and when I was writing, I mean, I saw this myself that I write a lot of great stuff and still uh, sometimes I'm struggling with, with putting it into my own life. And, what, what helps me most is uh, journaling and reflecting upon my actions. That's, I think that's the most important thing you can do to, to reflect upon your actions. And I do that at the end of the, my day and I ask, what did I do well? And maybe what did I do not so well or where could I improve? And then you, you might maybe see yourself, okay, today, I was really a bit of a jerk with this other person when I reacted, you know, selfishly or when mm. when anger came up within me and I wasn't as kind as I really want to be, right? So I think you yeah, personal reflection is 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 crucial. I mean, that's how we improve if we look at our own actions and see where we can improve and try to do better the next time. So these daily reflections, I guess, are are really important if you want to put the things in practice and see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. I just recently read that Michaela Schifrin, who's a ski star, American ski star, and uh, it was an interview about how she's practicing during summer, you know, for the winter season. Mm-hmm. And obviously she, she's uh, training really hard. And after each training session, she gives herself, uh, you know, uh, a feedback, you know, I think it's one to 10. So she gives herself a seven. And I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed this interview or when she said that, because that's, that's personal reflection. So you, you look back and say, okay, how, how well did I do? Uh, what was good? What wasn't so good? Where can I improve? And what do you, what do I want to do to do it better next time? So you, mm-hmm. you take the appropriate measurements and make sure you do it better next time. And I guess the most important skill you can acquire in order to get better at this is self-awareness. So you're actually able, 
to observe yourself, your thoughts and your actions. Because if you if you're forgetful or if you're not aware, you don't even realize where you're going wrong or where you're going right. So, uh, and I think that's what you get when you practice uh, Stoic philosophy is you improve your self-awareness if you look at your actions and that's a, a skill yeah, that's a really important skill yeah, self-awareness that's, really, that's a really good point uh, I hadn't thought about that before because um, the Stoic ideas uh, help you to see things for what they are and that's a very honest way of looking at life. So you're not uh, walking away, not running away from anything. Everything that's right in front of you, you point it out and you say, this is what's going on, right? Like I screwed up today or I said I, should, I wanted to wake up and work out and I didn't do it, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, and that kind of honesty is really important in self-reflection, but also I think in, in just... Just living your life in general. Um, I, like one of my values is is to always be honest, and mm -hmm. I think I really got that from from Stoic philosophy as well. Is because I am not afraid to speak the truth, right? I know that whatever happens happens, and I accept it. And I think that's one of the things that I especially got out of stoicism that's what and that's why i write about it quite often as well and i recommend it to everybody um that that uh, that's why i really like how you brought that up is the whole reflection part the self-awareness part how stoicism really improves your self-awareness but also self-confidence right did you did you have that as well yes um i think it you know, what, what made me more confident from Stoic philosophy is that they, they say that basically most important thing is, is your actions. And mm. that's basically your character. And, you know, if they say if you're a good person and if you try to be good and if your intentions are good, that's all you can do. And you should get, you know, good from from that and personally that's a, that's a massive confidence booster if i just you know go out and really from deep down try my best and 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 yeah just try my best with with all my effort that's all the confidence you need because you know it's all you can do yeah right mm. i mean if it's if it's not enough, it's not enough, but you cannot uh, be angry with yourself for anything because you tried your best. And yeah, in, I, I remember in, uh, I've been working in, uh, as a fitness instructor for, uh, for a long time and I've always been quite confident because I, I knew I just try my hardest and that's, that's just all I can do, you know, try to improve and be my best, reflect mm -hmm. upon my actions. And when I talked to, to other employees, they were often feeling insecure. And and I told them, yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to feel insecure as long as you give your best, That because that's all you can do. And I think maybe people feel insecure because deep down they they know they can do better. Mm. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially uh, j just being when you know deep down that you are not uh, doing your your best or giving something your all, then you're always thinking about you know what what if I fail? What are what what are the consequences? What if this happens? What that happens? But like you say, if you do everything that is within your control then you don't have those thoughts. Then you remove those thoughts out of the equation because you can't tell it to yourself anymore. Yeah, because you can confidently say, you know, I've given my best and if this isn't enough, then I don't know, but it's okay because 
I couldn't do anymore. And yeah, I mean, for example, if you say you want to be honest and if you are honest, you're going to feel good about yourself. But if you catch yourself, you know, you know, telling white lies or, or, or hard lies, then you're not going to be happy or you're not going to feel happy about yourself because that's not really who you want to be in this world, right? You, you want to be honest, but in reality, you are not. And then that's why you, you have this inner conflict. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a constant process, constant reflection, and there are always uh, subtleties to everything, right? Like just the example uh, of honesty is that uh, that's a very a good example of this that um yes you want to be honest right when it comes to just living your life uh but you also don't want to uh, offend people or hurt their feelings right sometimes uh people mistake being honest for being blunt and hurting mm-hmm. other people people's feelings and i don't think that it that is also if that if it's your another value of yours to be kind, and I think um, th- I think that's something that everybody benefits from. You have to balance those things, right? Uh, but at least never tell r- lies, <laughs> right? If you're uh, if you're in a relationship, your boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, you know, ask you something and uh, you lie, you know, that's not something like you say. You create inner conflict. Uh, but if that there's something small and you don't want to upset the other person, uh, a lot of people still think, well, I shouldn't, I, I should should probably uh, not say something, right? But what I learned is that you can you can always tell the truth, but it dep- it it all depends on how you bring it, how you communicate things, and yeah. that that is also something that I got from Stoic philosophy as well is that you have to be very good at expressing your thoughts, right? What Because often, uh, and I had this as well in the past, is that trying to express yourself, just mo- putting your thoughts into words is, is a difficult thing, right? Yes. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> so that, that, that's why I think all these things really help. Uh, uh, just with daily life, and what, what I'm also curious about hearing is that. So this is you. You published uh, books in the past with your brother, right? Yes. Sorry. Uh, actually, it was my brother who okay. published those books. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is uh, your first. Uh, so this is your first book. It's my first book. Yes. So can you tell uh, me about? the launch process, especially in terms of uh, how you got the book out there and especially in terms of marketing strategies or things that you did to reach as much people as you can. So what did you do step step by step? I'm really curious to hear that. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, a lot of things we, we tried and um it's <laughs> so well what's what's the most effective I mean, thing like all, there's often uh like the 80 20 rule right what, yeah, what what's the most effective thing in your opinion you think uh, that helped you to get the, to you know reach the most readers the most effective thing is that when you get influencers to support you, that's what helped us most. I mean, when when people with a large audience, you know, when they shared our book or when they th- shared their thoughts on the book or when they just uh, recommended the book, that's what what moved the needle the most. Mm. So we, I mean, we did a lot of uh, outreach or email outreach or personal outreach to to you know book bloggers, for example, or people who wrote about stoicism. And I think 
maybe this is going to help in the long term a little bit, but in the launch process that didn't help much because I mean it's it's good to get feedback and it's good if they share it, but you know it's it's they sell or it sells only a couple or a handful of books, but if if someone who has a large email list or who has many followers, mm-hmm. if they talk about your book, that's, I think for us, that's been the most uh, valuable promotion so far. Okay. So, I mean, so, it, any, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to tell what exactly, you know, the small things are going to help you or help us in the long run. I think it's always, you know, you, you never really know how something is going to, to turn out in the future. I mean, that's also, I mean, from stoicism, I mean, whether something is really is good or bad, it's hard to tell because you don't know the consequences of good fortune and you don't know the consequences of of misfortune because you know the universe is so complex and now in the book promotion process it, it it's the same there's, yeah, but there's uh, always uh, like in the sto- stoics inside you control outside you control right like you're talking about the stuff that's outside your control but there's a lot that's inside your control which is like you said of making sure that you reach out to people who potentially could write about or share your uh, blog. And, and, and is that how you build a, an audience uh, or an email list? Or, or how did you, just practically speaking, uh, approach it? Because, for example, my approach to uh, sh- spreading my message and uh, reaching readers and listeners is to put out weekly content. Right, and that's something that I directly control. Uh, so yes. I, I, that that's based on effort. Um, so, w- what what's your strategy been uh, outside of reaching out to uh, influencers, which is definitely something you uh, control because you you ultimately control how many people you can reach out to every single day, right? Yes, I mean we've. We're lucky to have a, you know, a growing audience because, I mean, I say we have quality content or, uh, on our blog and and uh, the organic traffic, so the, the, the people who co- come from Google, mm. that's that's growing. So, okay. I nice. mean, just like you, I mean, you, you write content and you, you get more and more visitors and that's also what we have trying to do, you know, just to, to put out quality content and, and still it's, that's what you control is you write the content, but still it's, <laughs> it's not sure, you know, that you, that you're going to reap the benefits because it's, as you've said in the beginning, I mean, there's many things have been written on the same topics and, it's maybe it's going to take a lot of time, you know, for people to find your content. And if they find you, I mean, with us, I think chances are high if they find us that they actually uh, enjoy our content. And so they, they enjoy reading what we have to say. And those people are, I mean, many of our subscribers or followers, they, they bought the book as well because they, they know, and the effort we put into our articles and now into the book. And I mean, that's, I think that's for sure a good long-term strategy. Um, and that's what you control, you know, to, to produce quality con- content. And yeah, and still, it, I find it takes a lot of time, you know, for, for your audience to grow yeah. organically. So that's why we we tried uh, different strategies, you know, to to get the word out. And basically, in the long term, or long term book sales always depend on word of mouth. So 
our goal was to to sell as many books as possible in the early stages. So now we've sold maybe six thousand copies, and if if one read or if one out of ten readers shares the book with with a couple of friends, that's that's going to to bring in more more sales. So mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really like that. That's um, like Ryan Holiday often. If if you ask him uh, how he does marketing and stuff, he always says that he builds it in the product, right? Like like you basically put most of your effort in creating the best book that you could and um, putting it out there. And if if people think it is good, they will share it, right? And exactly. of, of course, you don't control <laughs> whether they share it or not. But you do control uh, how much time and effort you put in in the book, and I think that's why uh, you know I ask you to be on a podcast, and that's why I looked in your book. We we have uh, we've been we've been in contact for I don't know like two years now or something. Yes, <laughs> I remember <laughs> you would respond to my e- emails and that kind of stuff, and you can tell that you have a mindset of. Uh, you know, uh, long-term focus. And I also, I, like almost every day, I get emails from people who want to, uh, like, want me to write about their book or product or app or, uh, but and it but it always goes the same way. And it's very superficial of like, hey, I, I read this article of yours and it's awesome. And I think this, you know, my article or my book uh, really uh, resonates with you or whatever like and then <laughs> I, I i almost never uh do anything with it because i know that if somebody reaches out to you in that way that's very short-term focused and like almost like a, a rush job that tells me also about how they uh view their own work right yeah so that's why I was like, hey, I'll, I, I, I'm interested in, in take uh, reading your book, having you on a podcast because, you know, way before you put out your book, you were already, you know, trying to build a relationship, and I think uh, that shows how you approach the work. So that that is really good to see, and that's why I, I was like, hey, let's let's talk about this stuff on a podcast because it's one thing to you know, talk about it or whatever. But now, like, people listening can actually see, like, hey, you've been working on this for years. How, when, when was this actually, by the way? When did you start with with the book? I, I wrote it in, in uh, the beginning of 2018, and it was in 2017 when I did most of the research. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, see, like, about two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I was, I was reaching out to you way before, and I mean, to be honest, I I reached out to you not because I wanted anything from you in return, but just, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the people who shared our book, they, these are these might be influencers, but we've built a relationship with these people just I I did with you mm-hmm. over the long term. And, you know, just, it's a true relationship. It's not, we we didn't reach out to just saying, hey, I read your article, blah, blah. Here's exactly. my book, please share it. But we <laughs> we did, you know, yeah. these are real relationships. I mean, I, I can confidently say that you and I, I mean, we've written uh, several emails and yeah. we've supported each other before. And mm-hmm. uh, now you, you're supporting me, which which uh, I really appreciate, you know, but it's, um, you know, I, for me, it's okay if, if you wouldn't have, you know, support or if you wouldn't have invited me on your podcast because maybe you didn't enjoy the book or whatever. So I know, I mean, yeah, well, you maybe you, Maybe and, somebody could be uh, focused on some something else, right? Maybe I was in the middle of, finishing a book or a project or whatever right maybe that, that could be the case so but i could tell from your 
you didn't have any expectations, which is, I think, always the best strategy. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I think I always expect nothing because I, I just, <laughs> because it, you cannot expect anything. And if you would have said, hey, thanks, Jonas, but I'm super busy, this would have been completely fine. And I would have understood because mm. I've been busy, you know, before and sometimes you can only do a small favor and sometimes you, you can do a bigger favor. And yeah, if you reach out and expect nothing and you, if you try to, to build a relationship and if you're willing, you know, to, or if you're in for the long, for the long game, I think that's when you have the best chances to building honest relationships with, with uh, other people. And I mean, Niels and I, or my brother and I, we've we've been growing an audience as well. And I mean, we we're here for for the long term, right? We're we're in for the long game, and and I think uh, people can see this, so they're more willing, you know, to to build a relationship because it's not just as you said, just reaching out, reaching out very cheaply and yeah. salesy, but in an honest and open way and and just trying to support the other people and if you get something in, re in return that's fine and if not it, it doesn't really matter it's just i mean when i reach out you know i just reach out to people who i i really enjoy reading from or listening to or yeah mm. i mean you you read a ton of books and I don't know, but I think if you if you read the book and really enjoy it, maybe you you tell the author about it and you give him feedback and tell him, hey, great book, I really enjoyed this and this, and here's a typo I found, and you know, keep up the great work, and yeah. you don't expect anything in return. You're just happy to to tell these people and to to thank for their effort. Mm. Yeah, then I think that's. A great topic to tie it back to stoicism uh, expectations. Uh, I think that's one of the uh, sources of frustration for a lot of us, not only in you know in our career and life, but also in our relationships. Um, having high expectations, or you know weird expectations doesn't matter what it is like being very optimistic pessimistic <laughs> doesn't really matter but often we have these weird uh, thoughts about what should happen and i think that's what stoicism also really helps just like uh, with mindfulness uh, eastern philosophy is focusing on the moment and focusing on the process and not being really concerned with uh, what actually happens, because you'll deal with it when it does, right? Mm. So, uh, what what did you learn from uh, managing your own expectations? Because you know, even though you have studied all this stuff about stoicism, right? You did pu publish a book. And it's almost impossible to have no expectations at all, right? <laughs> so, so did you not think about it at all? Or like, what was your experience leading up to the, the launch? Um, I mean, I guess you have expectations, but it also depends on your desire or... Mm. Uh, your attachment and uh, I focused or I really set myself goals and ask myself what can I do to achieve those goals and then I really focused on, on the process and I, I gave my heart into it and you know gave all the effort I had and that's where I, I laid my focus on and that's I mean I mean, you know, yeah, so you have this goal in mind 
and you you put the plan on on paper and then you focus on this plan and really i mean i had some expectations but i was open for everything because i've read so much and i've practiced so much that i really know i mean i'm going to be disappointed otherwise and this is going to going to suck you know because if you feel disappointed you're down you get depressed and all those uh, nasty negative feelings and you know i i don't <laughs> you, you nobody wants to feel those feelings but if you know in advance that if you have too high expectations then you're going to feel those negative feelings so yeah. so you re i really you know I, I planned ahead and i looked at realistic outcomes and i looked at you know maybe the worst outcomes and the best possible outcomes so i really i prepared for this you know mm. i prepared for everything you know i prepared for selling not a single book and mm. i mean um, i can tell you now i think i would have been fine if i didn't sold a single book probably i wouldn't have felt very good about it but it wouldn't have destroyed my life, you know. Mm. So yeah. I think if you're really aware of of expectations and then you can prepare pretty well and so you won't feel bad about any outcome. And Yeah, that's a really now, good point. Yeah. And now I'm really happy about how this is going because basically I didn't expect anything and so everything or every single book I, uh, we sell is making me, you know, not happier, but I'm I'm happy I'm happy about it. Mm -hmm. But it's not like my happiness or my well-being depended on it. It's just a a nice uh, extra. Yeah, like a want. bonus, uh, like a byproduct. Exactly. Uh, but. The, the, the point you made about preparing, I think, is at the core of Stoic philosophy. And uh, all of these uh, philosophers talked about uh, just knowing uh, in advance, for example, that, you know, everybody is going to die, right? All those things. Um, we don't owe anything in life. If something breaks, you shouldn't be, uh, you know, angry or disappointed or sad about it because it was never yours, right? Like all these things, exactly. it can help you to prepare, like you say, on the major things in life, right? Even though everybody, if they start a business, they want it to be successful. But at the same time, you also have to prepare mentally for what, if it doesn't happen, right? If, if, if it fails and uh, a lot of people might think well maybe isn't that negative right maybe isn't maybe that's a little bit pessimistic uh, or or if you're in a relationship that you think oh you know this might end or this might um not work out um th i think there's some on there's some truth in that as well right it might be negative but at the same time it's also realistic because we train ourselves to see things for what they are. It doesn't mean uh, that we want our business to fail or our relationship to fail or book to fail. No, it means that we look at things for what they are, but at the same time, we, we always remind ourselves that we do everything in our control to make it work. And that's what yes. I was talking about, Seneca. It's the intentions that matter. So, uh, thanks, man. I really uh, enjoy talking about this stuff with you, and it's really good to see that your book is doing well, and I hope it will continue to do well and reach more people because this is something that can truly change our lives for the better. Um, wh what's next for you? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm still working or still putting some time into you know spreading the word about the book plus i'm going to be working in uh, some promotion job 
somewhere else and far away from my blog. Okay, you get into a different business? Yeah. No, no, it's just it's just a job. Oh, okay. Because uh, we don't we don't earn a lot of money so far, so we have to to yeah, yeah earn so some money. It's a it's a, this is a, a side gig for you. Side hustle, yes. Yeah, yeah, that that's great, and I think that's the, a lot of uh, full time careers start that way. Um, and you know, when I started my blog as well, I didn't look at it as something that would pay all the bills, or um, but I was all all about you know building the audience. And I, right now, by the way, to, <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you, but um, as I, I I'm creating content for my new website, Business of Blogging. Yeah. Right. Like I'm I'm trying to share the things that I learned from the lessons of how you can turn a side career into a full-time career, right? Like all the stuff that we talked about today, that's the stuff that I did as well, you know, like focusing on the process, uh, but also be staying practical. Like you said, like you're you getting a different job to, to pay the bills, right? So so continue. Sorry to <laughs> interrupt. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. And maybe... Uh, one last thing that just came to my mind is, you know, shortly after the the book launch, I I met with uh, with many friends because we we lost a friend, you know, a bit more than a year back uh, mm-hmm. because he had cancer and he died, and I think when when you, you yeah we need to put things in perspective. <laughs> so I mean yes I I wrote the book and I published the book. But this is really important, you know. Yes, it, it's it's kind of important because uh, I mean I can grow personally stronger and uh, you know improve my perseverance and grade and strengths. But whether the book sells or not is not really important when you look at at, at uh, you know family and friends. I mean, because <laughs> I was there with my friends and thought about the the friend who passed away a, a year earlier and thought, I mean, this is important, you know, fr- friends and family and, and maybe your health, that's truly important. And, you know, your business or your book or your course, or that's, <laughs> that's really, really not important. Yeah. If you think about life, you know, and mm. so for me, it's always, I always like to put things in perspective and this always helps me, you know, to, to see things as they are, you know, that's what you said before. I mean, you just look at the things, how they really are and don't make, make them bigger uh, than they really are. So that's always important, you know, to put things in perspective when you're trying to, to grow a business or trying to sell a book. I mean, Life doesn't depend on it, so mm. I think that's always good to to keep in mind in whatever you're aspiring to do. Because if if you fail or if you succeed, in the end, that's not really what matters. What matters is is you know the people you have in your life and and how how you're about to to live your life and your job or your business is just a small part of it. And and focusing on the process, not the results. Uh, at, at the same time, everybody is different, right? Everybody has different goals and ambitions. People have high ambitions. Some some people don't have ambitions at all. Like I have a friend who who tells me, "Hey man, I, I don't have any ambition, right?" And he, <laughs> he enjoys his life, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some no. other people have high ambition, and they go out and try to do everything to achieve it. And there's also nothing wrong with that. You know, as long as we are happy with ourselves and, you know, take the time to reflect and learn and, uh, you know, be be our best selves. So uh, there's some, some good words to uh, close off. Uh, yes. Uh, finally, where can people learn more about you if they are interested? 
in learning more about the book and, and, and the stuff that you write? Yeah, I mean, the book is called The Little Book of Stoicism, and you can find it anywhere where books are sold, or at least online. And the blog is called mjlifehacks.com. I write it with my brother Niels, and that's yeah, where you can find everything we write. All right, thanks. I will uh, link that in the description. And uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, And, thanks uh, for having me. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon.